0: G'day and welcome to More Than A Minute, the podcast that aims to amplify the voices of TikTok creators who have something important to say, create something beautiful, or simply make the world a better place simply by being themselves. A lot of these wonderful people have their videos taken down or are silenced by the algorithm, so we take this opportunity to shine a light on their work and give them more than 60 seconds to tell us what they're all about. Today I speak with Jubilee aka the Titan of Joy on TikTok about gender euphoria versus dysphoria, we cover the McElroy brothers in depth, we also talk about the ravenous desire for pickles that is the Spyro thirst, teaching English in Japan and unconsenting thirst traps as a gross trend. Good morning or good afternoon, Jubilee. How's it going?
1: Good, good. How are you?
0: I'm all right. I've got a bit of a cold coming on, so I'm going to sound fantastic today.
1: Hey, me too. It'll be the <laughs> cold edition.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, this is the, uh, the snot block episode. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the thing everyone wants to know is, uh, for people who are unfamiliar, uh, what sort of content do you create? And I suppose, like, what is the main focus of your TikToks?
1: Well, so instrumental to like what I want to do on TikTok. Uh, my username is Titan of joy. Um, because I'm a, I'm a transgender creator. I'm a non-binary femme. And, um, I spent a very long time hearing lots of stories of trans pain and trans misery. And it's, mm. um, it's, a, it's not something that very much defines my experience. And it took me hearing stories like that uh, like stories of a lot of trans joy and euphoria to mm. to understand my own transness and it um it was uh it was just something i wanted to do i wanted to um i wanted to be theatrical and make funny little skits and videos and they started resonating with people and um yeah i just i've I like to show the, the silly and the fun and the joyful side of, uh, not to, you know, of transition and being trans Mm. and it's not, you know, and not to discredit people's challenges with euphoria, but I was just living my life until I was about 31. And then I went, this whole living as a man thing is not really working for me anymore. Mm. Uh, so I, and I'd been, I'd been trying to be a good ally and, um, studying lots about the trans community that i didn't understand because i didn't know any i don't think i knew any trans people in real life back then and uh yeah i started i started hearing the stories that were not the typical um narrative and i went wait a minute that sounds a little bit like me so Mm. that's kind of just what i want to spread on tiktok and uh I'm also significantly older than both the people on TikTok and (laughs) most people who are, I mean, even trans Twitter is a lot of 30 somethings like myself, but um, there's a lot of like 20 year olds being like, I'm too old to start transition. And I want to, I want to lovingly grab them and shake them and say, I started medical transition at 34. Like you're, you're fine. Like, and I'm doing great.
0: Mm. You do get asked. It seems like quite a bit, just from responses that you make or in comments. You know, um, uh, you you address like the issue of age in transitioning, like at both ends of the scale. So yeah, I suppose you sort of answered the question there, and that like your position is effective or, like you know it's never too late. But do you think like there's a there is any sort of questions around like too early?
1: Um, I don't think necess- I don't think. I mean, no. Um, there's there is some uh, there are some medical details that are of transition that get easier if you're able to start especially if you're able to start before puberty but that's mm. a th- that's something i can't really speak to because i don't know anyone i don't know anyone who transitioned that early but like there's a lot to transitioning early i mean some of that's like like hair loss um, mm. like if you can get if you can stop testosterone before like initial hair loss begins you tend to I like, but i mean that, and that's such a minor cosmetic detail but it, can be really Mm. important to some people but Mm. I I personally know I would not have been I I know I would not have been a strong enough person to transition at like 20 certain certain maybe 25 but like I couldn't have done that with um with a you know there parts of my family are supportive but parts aren't and Mm. um and it was really it it was really good for me to start transitioning when I did. Um, And Mm. it's, I mean, and to a lot of people who are kind of in that middle stage where they're like, I don't think I can really pursue it right now. I like to say, Hey, if you like, well, two things, medical transition is not when your transition begins. It's specifically Mm -hmm. a medical, a medical thing that you start doing. Like you can be trans without, medical transition or just before if you have to wait a while to uh, get out of a bad living situation or until you're more financially stable mm. um and for me personally there was a great deal of comfort being like 34 and being like okay i've i've given it a good go i like got married i like had a bunch of different jobs i've had a bunch of like personal styles and like none of this is like working i'm not just like 20 and sad because my life is is taking a little longer to get started like I've lived mm. a chunk of my life and and to have that assurance that okay what's so much of my experience has been just an authenticity to myself and just wanting to be happy and when I started to experience small flashes of gender euphoria as I was experimenting with style and presentation and names mm. and pronouns I was like well, what's this what's this new like baseline level of happiness that's coming out <laughs> and it was uh it, yeah it was it was really great i'm kind of i love that right
0: now. <laughs> no absolutely ramble on uh, i love to hear it i think because you, you're probably one of the well not, not probably you are the, the the first creator i've seen um a, like trans creator who has spoken like at length on euphoria as opposed to dysphoria i don't know that dysphoria obviously is something that like a lot of people struggle with and it is like obviously something worth spending a lot of time talking about because it can be debilitating um and it can be like a really negative oppressive part of you know someone realizing their their true selves um but you really like talk a lot about the euphoria side of things and again it, it it ties in with your name titan of joy um you're doing a an excellent job. If that was your sort of mission statement, then um, <laughs> mission accomplished. Because yeah, you you show the you show the light in a place where I think a lot of people fear the darkness.
1: Yeah, well, and a lot of a lot of people use social media as um, to like you know you make a small burner. It was real common on Twitter to make a small burner trans account and start following people and talking and you'd like chat the first place I changed my pronouns uh was nice. in my twi- it was in a twitter bio because no one uh, no one followed me so I didn't do that but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of trans people out there just just watching trans content on um on tiktok and again it's it's hard for me to like I want to not ever discount people's struggles with dysphoria because some people Mm. even some people that come out like a little bit later in life like me are like struggling with dysphoria for like decades and i didn't and that's and like that that's so that's like a great like it worked out well for me and Mm. i want to you know if someone's sitting there just kind of being like oh i kind of occasionally well so I just answered was it this morning this morning or yesterday a question someone had and they were they were saying something that absolutely rung the bell. They go, I don't really feel dysphoria, but occasionally I get like really excited if I'm like with like a couple of girls and someone just walks up to like a server comes up and calls us ladies and I'm like that exact mm. thing happened to me. And I was oh, like yeah. we would keep track like my my roommate and I who uh you know looks is a very, very cis and very straight, but she has short hair. So of course she jokes mm. that she looks more queer than <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. And um but uh we were like keeping track. We're like we're like, man, it's been like ten times so far that we get they walk up and go, what can I get you ladies? And little proto jubilee sitting there going like hmm this makes me really happy. Anyway mm probably nothing. It
0: was not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Decidedly not nothing. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do recall that video, like, yeah, like, the, the moments or the flashes of euphoria. Um, so, like, a large part of your, um, your content is comedy. Like, you, yes. you address serious issues quite a lot, but like, comedy is a large part. I mean, I think that's, that's how I came uh, across your, your stuff was, I think, either through a joke or a skit but it was definitely, like, the first thing you did was make me laugh. And, like, so have you, have you always sort of been, like, the funny one? Or, like, like where does you, your comedy come from? Has it always been part of your sort of identity? or?
1: I mean, yeah, I've certainly tried to be goofy. Like, I, I mean, I joke that I was never I, – I didn't get hot until my 30s, so I had to be funny. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, I've done theatre for years and years, and uh, mm. I was I was never the big strapping – failed lead so I kind of had to be the funny one but no I just I a long time ago tried to do stand up and like I was very good at making myself laugh and that's always been like I'm actually pretty bad at telling jokes in person because Mm. I feel the joke coming and then I start laughing at (laughs) myself and my my roommates can't stand it but um because I was making I've been making I deleted a a TikTok account a long time ago. Like I think when black, like I was not really using it, but like last summer when the Black Lives Matter yeah. margins were taking off, and everyone was like they're like they're shadow banning all these people. You can't even say Black Lives Matter, or they they like they like throttle your views. And so I just deleted my uh, my account uh, for a while, yeah. and then I think in like July, I think july august september sometimes when i started it back but i was just i was making stupid little skits to myself that like i was like wow 200 views like yeah so i was just i was just doing this largely as a kind of a creative outlet when it's mm. and um later on i was it done something and i i think i'd done my makeup and i made a video and it got a ton of attention and mm. i was just kind of like i was, just started doing a little bit of reading and i was like huh yeah they say like if you're kind of done up and you got really good lighting and i had a ring light from i don't even know where i got that from um but i started i started doing these little skits and then like i used it as an excuse to deliberately sit down and do my makeup because um, mm. i usually do some pretty pretty ridiculous eyeshadow looks um and yeah it just it kind of grew from there and a thirst trap gained me like a thousand followers overnight, and which is, you know, not not what I'm particularly known for. But <laughs> <laughs> if it works, it works. Yeah.
0: I mean, you've got you know a bunch of the the, the other sort of side of uh, you know the, the the comedy side and the educational side of things to sort of even it out. So I, I don't see if the, I don't see anything wrong with an occasional thirst trap. Oh yeah. <laughs> and also, like you know, if you're feeling yourself and you're looking good, like share it with the world. Hell yeah. Like to see it. Um, cause I, I sort of, I made a little note here because I was trying to sort of pin down if you had to like to define like your comedy style, the way I, I tried to pin it down at least, and I don't, don't mean to put word, words in your mouth, but at least my, my read on it was that it's it sort of, it's sort of got a, like a sarcastic or like a sardonic edge to it. That's almost like, it's got like a drag read level of wit that's sort of coupled with a self-aware silliness that sort of cuts out the ego and makes it more about the observation of the joke rather than about like placing you at the center of it. Oh, wow. Is that is that any? <laughs> that, <that's>, is that...
1: <laughs> did you say d- drag like a draggy level of silliness? Yep. Is that what you well,
0: said? I mean, there's, there is like a drag level of camp no, as well. I couldn't,
1: I couldn't, but... I, couldn't hear, I couldn't hear what oh. you said right then. Was, oh, it was like, like, sort of like
0: I get a like lot a, of my a,
1: style from yeah. from drag. I get a lot of my eye looks too from drag queens. So you know, as much as the that. clash between trans people and uh, drag the drag world in general can get a little Mm -hmm. can get a little contentious like i would be lying if i hadn't watched goddamn near every episode of rupaul before found out that he he likes fracking on his you know million acre ranch in wyoming like "Mm." that was
0: devastating wasn't it Uh, like 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 finding that i mean apart from his other problematic behaviors like that that one for me as a like a pretty vocal and proud like you know um environmentalists like that. That was pretty devastating to find that out.
1: Yeah. But yeah, for so style of comedy, it's impossible to punch up or punch down when you're punching yourself. So that's a way (laughs) that I really like. And no one's got a... I used to say something like this: No one's got a like a better view of my own failings than the theater of my own failings than I do. So yeah. let me tell you about this, and from a first person perspective.
0: But then at the same time, like you're um the the HRT handyman or uh, um, <laughs> those skits, that. they're like one of the best things on the app. Like in my opinion, like I I had to put the phone down. <laughs> Just because, like, not only are they funny, but they're, like, they're informative and give an insight into an experience that I can only imagine is, like, quite personal. Um, and I was wondering, like, do you try and balance the realness of your content with the comedy, or is it less of a conscious choice and that's just how, how it comes out?
1: That's really just honestly how it comes out. I don't, mm-hmm. um, like, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I didn't have a draft of that that wasn't comedy, Um, and I also just like I do a lot of Dungeons and Dragons so I like to keep my Mm. voice work (laughs) flexible but um, yeah no I I don't do a lot of serious like skits like that so it was always just kind of wanting to make some niche content and how did that even start I shot that first one just in like an afternoon not really Mm. thinking of it I just kind of wandered around and pretended that different things were part of like you know and i go ah there's a lot of there's too much to fit in one video maybe i'll do a second one and, and that one yeah. fucking blew up overnight
0: well and deservedly so it was incredibly funny <laughs> and I, I don't know if you take this as a compliment or if it if if it's uh if it flies right past but it had um uh, an almost um brought but like a griffin McElroy level of comedy to I, I don't know if you're familiar with the McElroy familiar. brothers Okay, I mean, I was just, you said you said you I said mean, d- you're into d and d Basically,
1: a very blue, blue jeans impersonator. Th- thank, you. Little, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> no, I've listened to the. Um, I mean, I've listened to them since they were pretty problematic themselves. Like yes,
0: yes, those first hundred episodes. Uh,
1: but yeah, no, there's there's definitely some of that in there for sure. They have inexplicit the 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 joke in the macro fan groups as always it doesn't take too long before their their uh, vocal stylings and cadence start to creep into your creep into your um uh your ways of your ways mm. of talking and being funny which is largely inscrutable to a lot of people be like, what oh are you talking about
0: <laughs> they're like the most famous not famous people yeah like this so yeah. like the fact that like there was the meme of griffin holding the the piece of paper saying like i don't know who the McElroys are at this point i'm too afraid to ask and then like you know it got like shared into a tumblr and like the notes were like the irony of this like being like i've just been informed this is in fact one of the McElroys. and like it is (laughs) like it's very niche but if you love them you love them because yeah i I was i got onto adventure zone first and then went back and listened to them because you know they they reference a lot of stuff and it makes adventure zone if anything more delightful, because you get why Garrel, the spectral horse is so funny when you find out their obsession with horses and ghosts. And like, I'll never hear the word orb and not think about the horse they sent to college. Like, (laughs) you
1: know, (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: spending too much time on one podcast talking up another bunch of podcasters. Um, Yeah. I mean, the, the the journey that, that you go, I'm currently doing a re-listen to the balance arc in preparation for, for season four. Um, and I get something new and powerful out of it every time and and this is i'm I'm literally not just saying this you can you can ask my wife if you need to but um loop as soon as loop was revealed she was my favorite character like i Mm. loved taco i loved him so much not only for his representation but just because justin and this feels terrible to say but justin's i think is the funniest of the brothers like for me like just his wheezing is enough to set me off
1: see and that's like that's that registers with me so much, like the point where he starts laughing at a joke and they, like, yeah. they make him finish it through his like, yeah. gagging and choking <laughs> you seen... laughter. I'm like, that's There's so a... amazing.
0: There's a video on YouTube that's literally just called Justin McElroy failing to tell jokes for five minutes. <laughs> I die every time. Every oh, single that's time. That's what I... Put... That's what I put on when I just, I really just need to like, you know, lift the mood. That's what I put on that. Or like the, uh, the outtakes from the B- Mabim show when oh, that was still so on. Good. Oh, fuck. Um, unbelievable. But yeah, I, I love Taco, but Loop, when she was revealed and it was such a, um, like a non-issue to reveal that, you know, she was like a trans character. Like Griffin just like, it wasn't even like a drop. He was just like, yep. And Loop decided that, you know, she identified as a woman and that was it. On, my went, and taco was like cool i have a sister like that was it <laughs> that Spoils. character
1: also that character very much uh, retroactively got very important because i have a i have a cisgender twin brother as mm. well and we both love the adventure zone and i mean oh wow that had completed long before i realized that and kind of i think it did go back for a re-listen and i'm like i like texted him and i go hey so taco loop cosplay like yeah. in the future and <laughs> please like hell yes absolutely please
0: absolutely please do that
1: oh that would be great
0: because um i went as there was uh a friend a couple of years ago had a dungeon, dungeons and drag queens 30th and uh i went <laughs> as taco and i wish i could still fit into that dress but alas
1: <laughs> we did a, um i did uh one of those murder mysteries and it was an elaborate a really elaborate one and i did taco voice the whole time and nobody <laughs> knew what i was doing and that just made me go even harder yeah. <laughs>
0: and yeah and what a voice as well and i i I just recently re-listened to the uh the the adventure zone zone where justin addresses the fact that he started doing the voice independent of tacos like without any thoughts towards Taco's sexuality and the people apparently were reading him and saying you know you know it's a sort of deliberately effeminate like stereotypically you know gay like like gay voice and to make taco gay is somewhat offensive and he's like no he just i I did the voice because it, it sounds like a friend who is not gay. Like, it's mm. just he's got this ridiculous voice. So I started imitating that. And then I'm, you know, I had this decision that Taco was, if. I, canonically, like, I know he's dating Kravitz, but I'm not sure. Is he canonically gay or is he bi? Uh, I don't
1: know. I mean.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't looked that deep into it. And does it I don't really think matter? He's I, d- I don't think
1: there's been any romantic twinge anywhere. And, and like they've said, I imagine talking, uh, role-playing romance with your brother
0: might be a little, uh, yes. challenging. <laughs> only, only worse, the only thing worse was when, uh, when, you know, obviously playing with their dad and, and, and Clint decided he was going to sweet talk those vines.
1: <laughs> leading, oh, leading man. to a,
0: a, a classic, I'm in hell. I've died and I've gone to hell from Justin. Um, I'm in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I've died and I've gone to hell. Do not pass, girl. Go straight to hell. Um. Well,
1: this is the McElroy Review Hour with Johnny. Absolutely.
0: But <laughs> see, as soon as you mentioned D&D, because I, I also DM for, like, for, for a bunch of my friends and for, for my, my wife as well, we're doing like a, a one-player sort of run-through setting it like a dark, uh, sort of Bloodborne meets Pokemon, sort of like dark Victorian if Pokemon were demons instead of you know, lovable, adorable, fluffy Shit. things. So uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of homebrewing going on there, but as soon as you said D&D, I'm like, there's no way that you're also into the, into the adventure zone, and of course, uh, everyone uh, somehow has heard of the through one, even if they're peri- not, not even aware, they know of them peripherally, so yeah. it is lovely to meet another fan. But back to you and your content, because that's what this is all about. Um, what would you say is the biggest problem or misconception that you uh, either encounter or try to address in your videos? Like, Is there one thing that really sticks out that keeps coming back that you have to keep sort of hammering home to people?
1: Um, it's not. Uh, I find as my presentation has, especially over the last year, which is the entirety of my me being any any size of a creator on TikTok, is my extremely. I won't even say extremely, but I I would call call myself. I do identify as non-binary, and that, it, and I have no problem with people using she, either she/her pronouns or or feminine gendered words when describing me. But sometimes I feel like my my represent, like I worry that I don't look like an NB to some people, and like, and sometimes I'm I, I've I've had one or two people sort of call me out and be like, hey, but NB this this this, and I was like, well, I mean. NB is whatever. Like, I'm an NB. Like, you can't mm. tell me that I'm not doing it right. But like, I also super understand. Like, NB tends to be a very androgynous thing, and that's that's just because my pre- my presentation and style are very different from my um, the stereotypical thing that people tend to expect from a non-binary person. Um,
0: mm. So like,
1: I mean, it's not a it's not a huge problem. But there are times when I I do. I can basically sort of tell when someone is making a, making a comment that's, that's very much viewing me as a binary trans woman rather than a mm. feminine envy person. And, mm. and like, it doesn't feel like, it's not like I've only had like maybe one or two people be like, you're doing this wrong. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> like, like, as if it's up to them. Remember. As someone told me I had to have a, a pronoun preference. And I was like, I really don't budge. Like, <laughs> like I promise <laughs> you can have a pronoun for like and it's like it's not even yeah it's just think where it's not even a um not even a uh discussion and then mm. like sort of conversely occasionally when a video does get a little like I say this only semi-derogatorily but when it gets a little popular on like a more normie part of TikTok it tends to be just kind of my yelling in my car and I mm. think people <laughs> think that I'm just like an effeminate gay man and I could like it's just it there's just very different styles of content and not like I get genuinely very little hate on there. I think I'm mm. far too I'm far too thoroughly deep on trans and queer Twitter to uh to activate the too many like people aren't stumbling <laughs> tend to not be stumbling across my videos and when they do, uh that's their that's their problem, not mine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've seen a few creators recently say that, like, somehow they've landed on like alt right TikTok or they've landed on like conservative TikTok. I'm like, how the fuck did you get there? And they're like, please bring me home, like you know, comment you know rainbows or whatever like whatever it takes, like get me home. Like I don't understand how it works, but but then the fact that like these, I, I shouldn't say these people because I know like it's divisive and and, un- and unhelpful and reductive. But like people from, I suppose what you'd call like the other side, like you know, they conservative TikTok. I mean, alt-right, I think, is... I can definitely decide, like, those people, because fuck them. Um, Yeah. But certainly there are people who are just more conservative and maybe just haven't quite caught up with what we would consider to be, like, modern progressive thought or theory. Like, I can't understand why, when they come across someone from, like, left talk or, you know, trans talk, gay talk, whatever happens to be, why they choose to engage and then get mad when they see more of it. They're like yeah, it's oh, like it's... you're
1: the one who told the algorithm yeah. you were interested in this.
0: Yeah, just scroll on past. Like if it's not if it's not for you, like I've been super fortunate. I think I've only had like one one case of my FYP having like an alt-right. And even then it I think I think it was more to do because I I'd I'd followed a bunch of um it's so fucking niche, but like gay Norse talk, so like LGBTQ plus like Viking and like, you know, like Norse mythology creator, like uh, it's, it's
1: you rag, like it's, Norse, maybe
0: you like Nazis. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I'm like fuck because I've got like you know the runes tattooed on my fingers and stuff because I'm I'm a massive like Viking nerd and Warhammer nerd. So like you know I the, the runes were, were were there way before I sort of um, came to terms with the more progressive side of myself. I used to be quite quite conservative and you know I, I like I very freely admit I used to be a, a much grosser person and you know. I like to think um, I'm I'm less less gross now, but
1: literally same. No, I was a I was a, I, I say I probably would have voted for W. Bush in mm. 2004, but I was too lazy to get registered, so I didn't. Uh, but I was fully I was fully 18 thinking to yeah 18 in 2004 was able to vote in that election, and I I didn't because I was lazy and living in Idaho. But no, I was a super conservative my family's real conservative um which is why it's great that my siblings are so supportive because Mm -hmm. we have all kind of on our in our own quiet ways kind of drifted into more progressive uh and now fully leftist (laughs) we were in a book club with our um little sister and my twin and i and our mom were in a book club and my brother and i did go a little too hard anti-capitalism (laughs) <laughs> on that, and it got made my mom a little nervous, and we're like, "Oh, it's fair. <laughs> Maybe we should keep the fully smash capitalism out of this." <laughs> group for now we gotta yeah. ease
0: her into that yeah that's <laughs> it that's it i think with, with with parents like it's just a case of like just just little bit by little bit and like you know if you can bring receipts if you've got facts if you've got you know statistics because god knows they fucking love statistics um <laughs> like, you know just 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 ease them into it just one step at a time be like but wouldn't but can you see like a common causality here or like these things that you're complaining about they all have one thing in common Like, it's almost a little bit like you got to take them back to primary school or elementary school, you know, um, and just sort of like, what do these have in common? Weird. Um, It's sort of weird how all these things, and it all started around the same time. Um, Weird.
1: We're all sad because we're poor. and The (laughs) only way we think we can be happy is with money, which we don't have. Weird.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, it's starting here as well. (laughs) This is going to become a very circular conversation considering I think we're on the same side. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on a completely different note, how did you become the trans pickle queen of TikTok and what draws you to the briny depths of the pickle jar? Because that is that actually makes up quite a bit of your content. I'm not going to lie. In, in a sort of a, a scroll back I've done through your videos, like pickles uh, make up, you know, a percentage. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there?
1: So a uh- the main reason was I was filming a lot of stuff in my car and okay. So I guess I should explain what the pickle content even is, is um, so a medicine that's usually taken as a testosterone blocker for uh, medically transitioning trans feminine people is called spironolactone. And it is a diuretic, which, which leaches minerals out of your body uh, and a lot of salt as well. And it makes you crave salty things. And, The un the um and for some reason, and I, th- you know, there's there's not even if there's real science behind why pickles in particular, I don't know it. But mm. pickles in general are something that a lot of trans women report um, trans women. And as anyone, it, well, it's not even just trans women, it's people taking this specific uh, testosterone blocking medication mm. experience these ravenous pickle cravings. And so I would, I would tend to have a jar of pickles in my, um, in my car. And honestly, I eat several jars a week at this point. (laughs) And I would just like, rat, like if I was doing any kind of like, like, you know, sip the tea kind of, uh, like, hmm, interesting. I would have a jar of pickle brine and people are like, why are you drinking pickle brine? And I'm like, don't worry about it. And I would always (laughs) just do a little, a little tag of spiral thirst and, um, (laughs) And people are just like, That's... and you know, and the, the you know, tra- trans people totally get it. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah. spiral Thurs. And people are like, what's the spiral Thursday? They don't yeah. understand. <laughs> um, and so I started making some videos, and I had, uh, I had an initial pickle blow up, in in over a kind of normie joke, but then the then during it I took a took a jar of pickle juice and just took a sip from it. And people were asking the question. So I made a video calling myself the trans pickle queen of TikTok apparently. And mm. <laughs> uh, kind of back to one of your questions about do you feel like you're like niche or anything like that? The pickle content does extremely well. And it's mm. uh, one of my uh, good friends on here is, um, is, uh, and it's not 100%, a hundred percent because there's a trans person who I actually mentioned in my latest uh, Pickle TikTok video who hates Pickles, absolutely okay. hates them and doesn't understand. And jokingly was usually like, the, I think they had like notifications set up for my videos would be the first person to comment on my videos like Pickles are a sin, you're terrible. Fix this. And, and, I, and they would always, every few videos, they would message me and be like, I just want you to know that I really appreciate your content. And I don't mean, it. I'm like, no, this is great. You're like my, <laughs> <laughs> you're like the Riddler to my Batman. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but so i created a um i was doing a series of more elaborate sort of trans educational videos and mm. i wanted them to be just a little sexy so i of joking that like these videos were all starting as i was finishing <laughs> as i was finishing hooking up with this jar of pickles or mm. that i was on like i was swiping right on brinder and I matched <laughs> with a jar of pepperoncinis, which usually isn't my vibe, but eh, whatever. Quarantine is long. And I, I don't know that I've actually, I turned, turned it to private because I was like, this is a little too far. There's this <laughs> elaborate erotic skit I do at one point to uh, set to Lacrimosa of <laughs> me. I'm not like, I'm not doing anything because I'm just taking a sip of the brine of, a, uh, of the jar of pepperoncinis from like the previous video. But Mm. it's, it's fully an erotic, an erotic (laughs) skin. (laughs) And so it just, it was kind of this, I just sort of built this mythology that the different jars and the different brands had names. And I, I, I lost the plot. It all just kind of, it kind of fell to the wayside, but yeah, I just make lots of uh, it. And like, that's what sticks with people. Like I get to every time there's a new viral, the, the Snickers with pickles inside of them, oh, or the, God, the Ranch yeah. pickle with br- mm. pickles. I get tagged so much in those, and they're like, "Did you see this?" I was like, "Yeah, I definitely." <laughs> and I'm, I'm nice about it, but yeah, that's the thing that just seems to register. And I haven't, you know, I've seen lots of other trans women commenting on their love of pickles, but I think it just went a little bit harder, and it just sort of stuck in people's <laughs>
0: minds. Sort of, you lent insiders so fake.
1: <laughs> yeah. And now, now people want me to fight Hank Green because uh, yeah. the video I <laughs> yes. did this morning was they, they were all like, look, look what he did. He hates. And they're like, wow, we didn't know he hated trans women, which is, of course, a joke because all he said yeah. was he didn't like pickles. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think... I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to take Hank Green. I am a very small nah. creator compared to <laughs>
0: I think he's like one of the three like straight white dudes that I follow on TikTok, and I I think it's just because straight up again like to to come right right around full circle he gives me Griffin McElroy energy like yeah
1: big time he
0: seems like he he could be like a cousin or something like that <laughs> like like chaotic good energy sort of thing oh for sure and like quite obviously like very intelligent as the brothers all are but um no I do enjoy Hank Green I was like oh no like don't tell me that they're gonna go to war but no I...
1: <laughs> not really. And that's, <laughs> what, I was like, I should probably go, I should have put something in there and be like, hey, holy shit, this is a joke. I'm
0: like, can't <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Cool Ranch pickles that you did, but the Snickers pickle I became aware of, uh, Jan, uh, I'm not sure if it's Janicon or Janicon. Hi, this is Editing John. Uh, it's actually neither. It's pronounced Janikin, and you know this because you speak with him in an upcoming episode. Now back to Jubilee. He's a, uh, a Canadian creator from, um, from Toronto and, uh, yeah, he basically just does like blind duets. That's a lot. Of, a lot of his content. I mean, oh, he does okay. these great like l- little vlogs as well, um, and it, like incredibly funny creator. Uh, but yeah, he he started like with his duet of you know the, the pickle cut in half and the sneakers going in, and it was basically like another case of like I've died and I've died, I've gone to hell. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. he just <laughs> he could not deal with it. I'm like, I don't even want to know. I, I couldn't watch the rest of it. I'm not going to watch the original video. That just seems like, if anything's a sin, that is a sin. Like, I don't need so, to sneak it anyway, because I don't do peanuts. I mean, but... it's
1: like, you can jam a pickle in anything and taste it. But, like, come on. Make like make it something that's actually worthwhile. Like, yeah, fried pickles. Or, like I'm not going to do that, because I'm terrified of cooking with oil. <laughs> just but now I get tagged in all the, all the pickle videos now. So, when, mm. uh, when the... Massa started calling out that Hank Green was bullying them.
0: Get <laughs> <laughs> to answer. Who to... are my children? <laughs> <laughs> the Queen answers. Um, do you have a like, like, like a preferred brand or a preferred style? Like, is it like a dill cucumber situation oh, or a, a it's, gherkin? D- it's,
1: it's usually dill. I like a little spicy. I mean, they I mean, the the, the Vlasic zesty is pretty good. I like fancier, expensive pickles, and I I make my own, but mm. I cannot keep up with my there's something about the neon yellow nasty cheap cheap pickles maybe a little dill maybe a little garlic that's just i just love so much um, mm. the Claussens are i mean yeah it's it's kind of just when dealing with that hungry you kind of buy whatever you get oh my god mm-hmm. they're gas stations around here sell like the individual gigantic pickles in a bag with brine what yeah. So they said they just have these in coolers and stuff. And there is a Tapatio, which is, uh, I don't know if you have it over there. It's a hot sauce. they are Tapatio branded pickles over there. And there's not really Tapatio in there. But what there is, is capsaicin oleoresin, which is the active ingredient in mace mm. in there just to make them crazy spicy and not even just not even like flavorful. They're just burned. Just, and I don't just know hurts. why those are so good. <laughs> it's just, it just hurts. <laughs> Bit of oh, masochistic I streak, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I cannot join you on that journey. I'm 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 averse to spicy food. More
1: for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I'll, I'll take a classic uh, a, a polskie ogórkie, which is the traditional Polish dill cucumber. I I don't know. I think they they sort of get conflated with like the Russian style. Um, I mean, same as our um, like the pierogi, like the the the, the dumplings. Um,
1: are they but, like, yeah. actually fermented too? Cause yes, most oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, fermented foods are fantastic and fermented pickles or something. They're not super popular over here. I mean, I'm sure I yeah. can find them. I might go looking for them today. Yeah, now I'm uh, yeah. thinking of pickles.
0: Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess that, uh, yeah, no, I'm thinking about them too, just because my, my dad's mum, um, my b- babcha in Polish, um, she used to yeah, make her own yeah cuz she had the veggie patch at the back classic you know like polish well, like you know classic european migrant story moves to australia like tears up the back lawn and just plants like a veggie garden so she can feed oh, yeah. the feed the kids with uh, with stuff that she's grown herself and yeah obviously the grandkids we used to come around and it was always rye bread with uh with pate on it and then mm. um you know thick slices of uh of of uh, soft cheese and um and yeah, and, and the traditional pickles and no one else, oh went, I was God, like, the, I was the only one of the grandkids that like got into the pickles. Like, I don't know why there was a something about that. Like you were saying, like the salty, the saltiness, the brine, the dill. Like if, if I come across a cucumber that hasn't had at least dill like look at it, like I'm just not interested. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: So uh something that I think we talked about I mean you've definitely talked about in your videos, but and, and we, we touched on briefly before we started recording was that you spent some time living in Japan. Yeah. Um what was what, what's the context like what's the uh what was the, the reason for that? Like what was your oh. your time abroad life?
1: So I mean part where I went in Japan was I was following a girl. But mm-hmm. um I studied Japanese in college a little bit. I was a big anime weeb, but actually <laughs> like Learned a little bit of Japanese and I applied to the JET program, which is a it's through the Ministry of Education in the country. And you just you go to usually a pretty rural part of the country and Mm -hmm. teach along alongside their English teachers there. And so that's what I did. I did that directly out of college. So I was and I graduated early. So I was 20 when I went over there and I lived there until I was 23. And I lived for two years in uh, a little place called Hirado, uh, mm. which is like 90 miles from Korea so far in the south. Oh, okay. Nagasaki wow. Prefecture. And then yeah. the last year I lived in Nagasaki City proper. Oh, wow. And it was great. I was, I, I'm yet to make as much money as I was making back then. which, is yeah. uh, <laughs> And uh, yet to have an easier job than I did back then. But it was, you know, it was challenging to live in the boonies, but it was, it was fantastic. It was mm. literally a great job.
0: It's it's something I I wished I had done as a, as a younger person, like not only continued language studies, but get into Japanese language earlier. Because I only sort of I only went to Japan for the first time in two thousand and sixteen as uh, uh, when I was touring with the band. And prior prior to that, my only ex, like exposure to Japan really had been like through movies, TV, and, and anime. Yeah. Like the, anime was the closest I'd come. I'd never knowingly eaten Japanese food. Like, obviously, I'd had teriyaki, but I'd never made the, the connection there. Um, but uh, I, ne- I don't eat fish, so, like, I'd never done sushi or, you know, nori rolls or anything like that. Um, and going there for the first time, I had no idea what to expect. And I think day one, I just fell in love with it, like, because yeah. we did, like, just toured, like, up and down the country um, for a couple of weeks. And there wasn't a bit of it that I didn't just absolutely adore. I don't know that Japan, like, and you know, um, like modern Japan has, like, you know, some problematic elements in, in, within politics and, like, you know, the the way they treat um certain elements of society, including LGBTQ and 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 you know, it's, it's just women, just broadly. Um, yeah, yeah, the misogyny
1: but, is pretty rough over there.
0: Yeah, the the conservative element within their sort of um like political and moral um code is is um I suppose to our to to our eyes like problematic. But culturally and I like I just I've I've never eaten as well or as happily as <sighs> I've Japanese eaten in Japan. food is
1: so good. <laughs> and it's so and I hard also, to find the, I also yeah. don't eat fish, so I'm like uh, dang now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. It is um it is so hard to find like like good authentic Japanese food outside of Japan. I know it sounds like such a wanky thing to say. And I'm I'm from Melbourne. I'm from literally like the, the city of wankers. Like we're known for like <laughs> being over the top about, like, coffee, about, like, craft, beer, like, you know, like, we're effectively, like, the Portland of Australia, like... I was gonna
1: say, like, Seattle or Portland?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah, like, the hipster scene here, like, we have entire neighborhoods that are just, like, hipster neighborhoods, like, if you don't have a mustache and, like, a longboard, like, don't live here, like, if you don't own, if you don't have a tweed waistcoat, you cannot rent here, like, it's, (laughs) it's that sort of level of, 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 of wankery, so to speak, so... It does sound silly to say that, but there are only a couple of places. And if we eat Japanese food um, in the city, uh, then we like insist on going. So like making sure that it is actually owned, run and cooked by like Japanese people, like Japanese expats, because a couple of places we've gone to people like, oh, it's really, really good. It's like, have you been to Japan? They're like, no, but it's really good. Trust me. And we go there and it's like, like, obviously, through no fault of their own, like the, the staff are obviously not Japanese. And like the cook obviously is in Japanese. I'm like, this is the equivalent of like white person, Chinese food, but it's white person, Japanese food. (laughs) Like the level of deep frying is obnoxious. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure these edamame have been microwaved, but (laughs) (laughs) I just don't, I just don't trust my, my my trust levels on people's recommendations for Japanese food. have severely diminished since experiencing the real thing.
1: Oh, like good ramen. So good. And yeah, most of the places, like there's good ramen in Seattle and Portland, but mm. we've gone places around here and people are like, they do really good food. It's exactly the same thing. And I go and I get it. I go, this is like boxed ramen broth. It's mm. not the <laughs> it's not the emulsified fatty tonkatsu broth. Oh,
0: oh the 24 hour brew on that, on that tonkatsu. Like I, I admit, like, again, I think just because the miso to me, I know like the miso base, like is not like seafood based in any way, like it's just soybean, but for some reason it still tastes some like a little bit fishy yeah, to me. Like Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah I, I just have an aversion to anything that tastes like it. It came from the sea. I'm I'm a mountain and forest boy. Like I was, <laughs> you know, I, I was raised in the trees. So like, I can't, I can't really deal with anything that comes from the, uh, from the water. So I've always been a, a fan of tonkotsu, like a chashu tonkotsu ramen is my, my go-to comfort food if I'm having a rough day and you, you cannot beat that you know, it's been in the pot for the last 24 hours, just brewing and bubbling away authenticity. So yeah, I mean, we've, we've tried, bless us. We've tried to, to recreate it at home, but it is difficult considering we eat vegan at home. So uh,
1: it's,
0: yeah, it's, yeah, my, my wife's vegan. So we, and I do most of the cooking. So we tend to eat vegan most nights and then I'll just add, add meat or add dairy depending on, um, on what we're having, but trying to recreate vegan tonkotsu has proved to be a challenge.
1: Yeah. The broth alone, but mm. I did, I, made the alkaline noodles where you like have to bake baking soda again to like change the chemical properties of it and then i ruined someone's batches of cookies because they saw baking soda or they saw baking Uh soda on there even though it's just baking soda twice baked and they're like oh yeah yeah, baking soda and they threw it in something their cookies and the two cookies turned out so weird i was like oh yeah yeah, that's not baking soda (laughs) anymore i I cooked it. Whoops. It's. I don't even know what that actually does, but it makes the yellow, the yellow noodles, and you have to like make an, a, a basic, noodle instead of an acidic noodle, which is hard. And I don't have a pasta press, so it was just hand cut ramen noodles, yeah. which was awful.
0: <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it sounds fascinating, though. Like the process of of making it yourself, like that.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, it was it was it was, it was very fun, and I uh, you know. But yeah, pasta is just without a proper pasta roller. And even those yeah. are apparently really hard
0: to use. Yes. Something I was going to ask you about before we sort of, you, you very briefly touched on it in terms of like, you're talking about your personal style um, and how you've gone through several iterations and everything. Has makeup only been like a more recent sort of development for you? Or did you sort of experiment with makeup over the years before like beginning um, like the transition?
1: Um, makeup was, it was always interesting to me. I mean, I've done a lot of theater. The, um, Mm. that's always the the thing that kind of gave me a nice leg up when I fully decided to start trying some actual feminine makeup looks was I got into very basic makeup through theater about six years ago. And because Mm. I was, I, this story is I was in a show and 14 men and there was one, one like. College intern doing the makeup, and the guys needed everything done. So I, I went home and like had my roommates show me. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the person who can't even put on their own whatever. And so I learned how to do my foundation and eyeliner, and I think that was all we were the eyeliner and lips. And yeah. so, but makeup is, you know, feminizing makeup was something I kind of tried to do, not like full on like, drag contouring or anything, but I thought mm. about it, but also as my style has slowly become more feminine, especially over the last year, and so now it's kind of like, oh, I'm probably going to wear some makeup every day, but I drive a school bus, so I'm not, like, putting on a full face for that. Mm. But, um, and so, so personally, it's just been that, like, it was always a really big um ordeal, like, it honestly takes me, like, it was taking me, like, two hours to put on a full face of makeup, because I was just Slow and bad at it, and um, something I started doing right as my TikTok was uh, was starting to blow up was I had like I like it said, said earlier I was doing I'd done a few videos with makeup and those seemed to have gotten a lot more positive response so I sort of combined these two things and said oh I'm going to do my makeup and do like every day for TikToks or or just when I go to film a bunch of things. I'm going to sit down and actually do my makeup. And I started streaming it occasionally, but it was, it's how like doing it every, because it was taking too long to do normally, I was, um, I was like unwilling to usually commit to that. I'm like, hmm, do I have two hours to do my makeup and then like probably eat something cause it's taken too long and then start filming, then try to be creative and film things. Or is that too much work? And I was like, no, I'm going to sit down mm. and do my makeup every single day. For I had like a week. Off. I think I did that over a Christmas break or something. Mm. I do- I think I did my makeup like five days in a row and was like, Oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm shaving time. I can, cause I usually do it on stream. I could see how long it took me every day to, to do it. And I was getting better and getting faster. And, um, and so that was kind of went hand in hand with my stuff getting more popular, um, mm. and they kind of fed off itself. And I, I just, I got, I got really good at eyeshadow, which I hadn't been good at before. And um, yeah, it was just, it's now, now I pretty much I don't wear a lot of makeup at work, but I usually do eyeliner and eyeshadow every day, even mm. though I'm getting to work at like six ten in the morning. But I'll, yeah. I'll throw a little eyeshadow or I'll throw something colorful and a quick liner on her something
0: like that yeah um because some of your looks like some of your makeup looks you can sort of see the the influence as you were saying like the influence from drag in terms of like the the, like the color palette like you you really have like a great eye for not only is your blending like pretty flawless but your um like your choice of color and your color combinations like i don't know if you have like a little like a like a, a color wheel or anything out to sort of find your contrast and your compliments or whatever but like you have some like very confident like confidently paired colors but also like sometimes uh one of the one of the things I really love that you do is that really bold graphic style with uh with the eyeliner like the exaggerated shapes um that sort of extend beyond the eye like beyond the lids and sort oh, yeah. of like you do like interesting sort of like accentuations and everything like that, is that mostly from drag or do you also follow and um, sort of uh, get inspiration from like makeup art, like artists, so to speak?
1: Um, It's kind of from makeup artists. It Something that got really interesting in the last few months is I got good enough at putting it on. I could like see a video where someone's just like talking while they do their makeup real quick and notice what they're doing. And it wasn't like you could see directly see how they were doing the details or it just became a, mm. uh, oh, look, they've they put a second wing of a different color next to their old liner. And then so next time I, I did my eyeliner, I tried that, and I go, hey, this actually gives you a second chance to get this line really straight in a way that <laughs> makes sense. for Like, if someone had told me, yeah, you do your eyeliner, then you do a second line next to it, I, like hearing that sounds oh, would, would have sounded overwhelming to me. But I kind of started to get a little more technical prowess i guess that i could Mm. i can look at some of the more elaborate looks and be like oh they've done an interesting thing with shapes or some like a lot of people are put like gems on their face and i don't have any of those Mm. that glue but i had some weird glitter um that i could try gluing to my face or or just drying you know using the liquid eyeliner to dry out weird shapes but um Mm. not a lot of like i i just i grab the big colors because i'm Mm. like if i'm it's literally TikTok's influence, not not even necessarily what I watch on TikTok. But if I'm going to sit down and do my makeup, I'm going to do a big, exaggerated, you know, a little bit wild look uh, mm. because I'm, you know, I'm not going to put just a light tan in the corner <laughs> of my eye, like because it's going to take me the same amount of work either way to blend it out. So I might as well do a yeah. intense look.
0: <laughs> absolutely just go for it is there like a a trend that you really enjoyed like just in general either one that you've created or one that you've been a part of or one that you just watched but decided not to be a part of um or is it or is there like a trend that you really just like couldn't stand that you're just like oh no fuck this
1: um i don't like a lot of the trends that that start to blend like kind of non-consensual thirst trap like surprise thirst trapping like Mm. uh, the, the, the red, I, well, I don't even remember what it was called, but, you know, it's like the put your hand on my shoulder and it would snap, yeah. snap, snatch to... uh And, like, I've heard worse things than I've seen about it being clearly underage people, and obviously that's not good, but that's also... It's why that's not the kind of thirst traps that I do. I just do, like... I just do, like, dramatic transformations into cool looks and, like, mm. y- you know, you... You can see that it's a thirst trap coming, but it's not like, I don't know, maybe that, you know, and maybe if, you know, if I know what I'm doing, maybe it's not that different, but it feels, I think it feels sort of spiritually a little different just to be like, yeah, my thirst trap is going to be that I look cool, but you know, (laughs) you you know what I mean? And I don't like, you know, there's weird random sounds that I hear that I don't like. And it's Mm. for far, it's just me being older and i hear some walkie slush or whatever that was and i go i don't even know what the fuck that means but i don't like it yeah <laughs> um <laughs> as far as trends that i like the bisexual pirates last summer oh
0: was that was giving fantastic. me life
1: i love those all the montero memes from like a month yeah. or two ago oh. uh yeah those are delightful and ones that i do i liked the grinder thing mm-hmm. i like having a small like continuous mythology like that's just for either me or people paying very very close attention to what i'm doing uh which isn't the best way to create content but i think it's funny
0: i like it and it's one of those things that like you know years later like archaeologists will be like and historians will be like and this is the origin of the brinder mythos like the brinder it's like the, it's, it's like the the cthulhu mythos like no one knows where did, it truly started did
1: they fuck pickles in 2021 <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, 2020 was a weird year for everyone.
1: 2020 was weird. <laughs> People were very lonely, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and finally, as Jess the Mess so famously asked, what is a video that lives in your head rent free?
1: So I was trying, I was trying to think of one that didn't sound like I was pandering to you in Australia. But <laughs> the, the gold standard to which uh, me and my primary partner hold jokes are basically how often you think about it And how long that's stayed with you. And Uh, there is a clip from a Colbert show that I probably was watching in Japan. So we're talking between 2006 and 2009. Where he uh, referred to New Zealand as Diet Australia. (laughs) And I think about that four or five times a week. And just go, (laughs) Diet (laughs) Australia. (laughs) And that's not even even TikTok. Yeah. I mean,
0: I... Doesn't have to be TikTok, mineral vines, but
1: that yeah, was like vines were a big one. The um, there's a uh, a, a streamer on YouTube named Koi Fish, mm-hmm. who does a um, he did a random series where him and his cousin were like playing uh Crusader Kings or something, and they were like they were just pretending that they were like in each other's council or something,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he at one point he just. He just said, hey, this character is you. I'm going to make you the lawmaster. And so then his cousin was trying to, like, do some, like, tally him what he could and couldn't do because he's the lawmaster. And Koi Fish, who has a very thick Swedish accent that I'm, I've heard mm. him talk in real life. So he, he played it up on there. But he goes, he goes, they're like, we're making a law that the king can't, I don't know, start wars without asking us. And Koi Fish goes, no, 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 no laws. And I say that all the time mm. to the point where my girlfriend says it, too. And mm. even though she hasn't watched those videos,
0: she, <laughs> no, 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 no laws. <laughs> I like that. I'll have to fucking look that up. It's, it's funny those, those uh, I mean, in particular like Vines, because Vines was, I think we, we hit it at the right time. We're in our mid-20s. Maybe we we're a little bit too old for it, but we were like, you know, just at the right age for like the Thomas Sanders sort of revolution um and when vine when vine hit like our social group like what what eventually became it used to be monday night board games and now it's it's the regular sunday dnd crew like when we all switched to DD, like the same group just sort of migrated across but we all used to watch vines before playing board games like we watched vine comps on youtube <laughs> and so like they just became like you know walking talking memes in the house and the one that we took home with us like for the longest time was uh That that guy was like, yo, it's me, your boy, Uh, Skinny Penis. Skinny
1: Penis.
0: (laughs) And so, like, when we were moving house, like, there was this one, like, set of shelves that we have that's, like, uh, it's, it's, it's bookshelf, but it's really tall, but really thin. And every time, it was, like, the one bookshelf we couldn't figure out where it was going to, like, live in the new house. And so, like, we just had a big question mark on, the, like, the board of, like, you know, rooms for furniture. Like, skinny penis question mark. <laughs> and people penis. were like, what is skinny penis? We're what like, the we, we'd, penis? <laughs> we'd, point to the, we'd point to the bookcase and be like, it's your boy, skinny penis. It's they're like, boy, what penis. is this? <laughs> we're like, we're too far down the rabbit hole now. Just go along with it. Like
1: Well, something so weird about Vine was, like, yeah, we'd sit and watch. My partner and I would sit and watch – um Vine compilations, and then super randomly, I was in a production of West Side Story that was mostly high schoolers that they mm. cast because they needed a really big diverse group of people, and we I walked in the first day of rehearsal and the kids are quoting vines at each other and they're like you know fifteen sixteen seventeen and like we that this was in uh, the summer we just spent like the whole winter my 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 partner and I watching these um. Vine compilations, and so we were like, 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 do you know West Side Story? Yeah. The, the show. So like, like, like literally, like the um, the we would sing Maria, but we'd say Miss hmm. Keisha, like Miss <laughs> Keisha, <laughs> and just all these kids were like, how do you know vines? Like, how do you know vines? Vines? Yeah. You were an infant when Vine went off the air. They're like, oh, we just watched them on YouTube
0: that's outrageous i mean yeah because I, I feel like people get told all, all the time now that like you're too old for tiktok it's like i don't think that's necessarily a a thing like you're too young if you're too young for like i can't be too old for tiktok if you're not too young for vine like let's get things straight <laughs> like <laughs> i just wish that more of the viners because it feels like vine died and it and the people that didn't make it happen on tick on not on tiktok on um youtube sort of fell off the map a little bit and i wish yeah. that more of them had sort of been able to make the transition across to 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 TikTok. because obviously they'd have more than six seconds but i don't know maybe that's like well, seven seconds but you know obviously it's um it could be a little bit more daunting but Like I I miss Thomas Sanders. Like I really do. Like he made some of my favorite stuff. Like all of the uh the different like characters he had for um his different personality. Like different elements of his personality and you know um mental illnesses and stuff like that. Like the personification of anxiety and depression and the prince charming character and everything. Just I don't know. Really, it really spoke to me. And I, I wish that he had a bigger presence on the app than he does. Which it's wild considering how popular he was on Vine that he's sort of become like such a diminished presence. Yeah, like miss- I,
1: I worry about for sure when I'm, I mean, like, you hear that about the occasional giant creator who just gets, just randomly gets their account nuked by TikTok mm. with no explanation. And I'm like, I don't have a presence anywhere else, and I should probably cultivate one if uh, my channel gets any bigger. Mm. My channel, my page, I don't know. I use the wrong words for things, because I've just Listen, I've been around man. for too long. I go <laughs> live streams, mean. like, what are you streaming on? I'm like, TikTok. Like, you mean a live? what? The same it's all yeah it is
0: live streaming like and you are live
1: streaming.
0: yeah it's, it's not edited like god it was it was that tucker carlson that the fuck it will do it live uh that was
1: uh that's bill o'reilly that's a cool, yes that's right it's yes. like bill o'reilly before he was even on he was just a local that was just a local thing where he's, yeah fuck it fuck it i'll do
0: it live i thought that using that as the the title for a uh a live CD like a live album was one of the funniest things that like a punk band ever did. They like literally they literally called it like fuck it we'll do it live. And I didn't get the reference <laughs> and like I went looking for it to see if it was like available yet for you know for sale. And I found that clip. I'm like oh I get it. it's a reference oh, to it. like a dope. really old clip. I get that now. <laughs> of course they're an American band, so like it would have been like in the cultural psyche for them. But um you know I think it was potentially before my time on the internet. Mm. So um. Yeah, it was just like, oh, I just thought it was a funny way of saying it's a live CD, but there you go. It turned out it was a joke the whole time. And I was not in on it. Well, I think we have exhausted our list of questions. Uh, this, as you can see, the sun has come up behind me. We started in darkness, and now the glorious day is upon us. I've got to get my ass ready for yoga, which I am so looking forward to with this head cold. I love being upside down with a nose full of, uh, a nose full of snot, but we'll see how we go. Delightful. Um, yeah. um, it has been. Speaking of delightful, it has been absolutely delightful speaking to you, Jubilee. It's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege. Johnny, thank um, you so much for having me. Oh, it was my literally my pleasure. Like it's it, it's been um, a long time coming. I know we had to sort of reschedule a couple yeah. of times and sort of you know organise, but I'm very glad we got the chance to um to finally chat. Um, thank you for sharing everything. Thank you for answer, answering my questions, no matter how ridiculous they were. <laughs> I hope you have a lovely afternoon. You too. Thanks for listening to another episode of More Than A Minute. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify or Anchor FM. And also don't forget to give us a like on the socials. We're on Facebook and Twitter and pretty soon we'll be across Instagram, TikTok and YouTube as well. So if you want to stay updated, then make sure you're liked and subscribed. And if there's a creator that you'd like me to speak to, then drop me a line. You can reach me at more than a minute pod at gmail.com. More Than a Minute is recorded on the occupied lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and there is still no treaty with the First Nations people of Australia.